Harrison, why are you now wearing sunglasses inside all the fucking time? They're subtle. <laughs> they're subtle. No. No, they're not. Wanna make that paper? Wanna make that dough? What's up, everybody? This is Josh coming to you with another episode of the Affiliate Marketing Show. If you're not hip to OfferVault.com, make sure you check it out. We are the industry's number one aggregator of affiliate networks, direct advertisers, offers, and everything affiliate marketing. Today, we have Adam Young, the CEO and founder of Ringba, your number one paper call tracking platform. We also have the industry legend, Harrison Gavertz, and we also have Vic Johnny Bling Vallo, the new money CEO and the COO of Mobile Pushers. What's up, Vic? Is it Vallo or Velo? I, I have a thing for messing oh, up our guest name, so I want to make sure no, I get this no. right. It's Vallo, Vic Vallo. Vic Vallo. What's up, Vic? Where are, you, where are you talking to us from today? I'm at my house in Atlanta, my office right now in Atlanta. Um, my other office is in Miami, um, downtown. Uh, Miami, and uh, I I am from Chicago. I'm a Chicago native. Uh, Harrison, um, I'm not going to say his name, but his former colleague of of both of our, I mean of mine as well uh, lives in Skokie, so North Chicago. Um, so you know, I'm 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 familiar with the whole terrain. So I'm I move I get around. There you go. Yeah. Nice man. Yeah. Well, well, we're yeah. Go ahead, Adam. I like your shirt, Vic. I like that you got a dollar sign embroidered on that shit. Yes. yes. I, I need to start embroidering dollar signs on my clothing. I think that's the next level. I'm gonna, I'll be there soon, Adam. I'm gonna I'm gonna learn how to no, embroider. The, the, the idea, the concept is is new money international, but uh, creating a foundation for new beginnings. I've always realized when it comes to marketing, I bring new ideas, concepts, all of that to anybody's one thing. So. Yeah, the dollar sign is it's just international, global. You know, it's a business. Yeah. Vic, can you can you explain where uh, Johnny Bling comes from? So I am a music producer, full time music producer from back in the day. Um, I've been in the music business twenty five years. On my first record label at sixteen, I managed ten artists in Chicago. But everybody knows Chicago was just slept on, right? We just you couldn't make it out the streets, right? Until Chief Keef and all of that Chirac crap. But um, I grew up in the era of Kanye. Um, I knew a lot of people. He knew a guy named Twister, a bunch of guys, right? So from back in the day, they um, I managed several acts and just just independently got that going. So Johnny Bling is my moniker um, in terms of that, and um, I produce for several artists as well. Um, what was happening at that time is the internet, right? So Websites like Dat Piff, World Star, Hip Hop, a, a bunch of stuff, and guys were doing mixtapes, right? So I just completely switched my wanting to get the big record deal swag to let's just start putting out music, music, music. And that's, you know, fundamentally at that time, I was putting music out with artists on mixtapes, um, promoting them, and that's what led me to digital marketing. So that's early on, like 2008. So the whole idea of me being a record label CEO versus an advertising executive was just like how, you know, it really came down to the point of how do we make money from downloads, right? I, I got to touch base on one thing. You mentioned Piff. Adam and I did run a campaign <laughs> on Piff once. We didn't actually do so well on it, but I just have to say 
I think I can speak for Adam here. We've made millions of dollars thanks to Datpiff, not on the advertising, but to the mixtapes. Uh, so, 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 uh, you know, okay, so let's, let's turn the, so I came up with an idea, let's monetize MP3's downloadable content. At the time, it was only podcasting, right? So heavy, I'm in the industry, I'm looking like I need solutions. The first solution that was presented to me outside podcast, because that was like a hit or miss at the time, there was no real thing, was surveys, was advertising, was the whole email submits or whatever, but there was no technology to combine the two. So I got with a colleague of mine who also happens to be a DJ, I'm not going to say his name, and we launched a site called MixtapeEvolution.com, right? And, and at the same time, I'm dealing with uh, a guy that owns WorldStarHipHop.com, and he rest in peace, I'm not going to say his name. I'm dealing with uh, the owner of DatPiv.com, so I'm just hitting them. You know, I, I know a couple of contacts in the industry, I'm just hitting them like, yo, we can make money with these surveys, content locking. Uh, CPA lead, Azugal ads. It was a bunch oh. of different, you know, I, I'm, I'm back in the day. It's like this, who is this guy bringing this concept to, you know, this format. And that's when I, early on, I got with companies like uh, Clash Media that ended up becoming fluent um, a, 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 a bunch of guys to kind of build out the idea that, you know, you can make money when somebody tries to download your project. So, um, to, to reiterate, I was using the Johnny Bling moniker to build the relation, you know, bridge the gap, basically to my industry connections and then this new advertising stuff that was going on on the marketing side. And, uh, you know, at that time, I was the first publisher for a company called CPA Lead. Um, I was working with uh, a couple of other uh, what We're we used to call the old school name, CPA lead used yeah, to have the listen, big booth at Affiliate Summit. I don't even know. If, I think they're still around. I'm sorry if you're still around, guys, but uh, <laughs> I don't a know. Few my, a few of my, uh, uh, like everybody ad tech back in the day was you had to, right? But these guys were, you know, willing and dealing in the garage, right? They were building these, these new conceptual things. So co-registration uh, was, you know, was the palette for us at that time because you can literally those email submits was all they were really working at that scene at that time right so um that'll go into more or less the arbitrage uh error or whatever hey, vic, but, um, vic can i jump yeah. in and ask a quick question real quick uh i know you mentioned content locking and i know adam has quite a bit of knowledge on this adam real quick can you walk us through and break let's, down let's let's summarize Let's summarize that yeah, content locking and co-reg because they kind of are one and the same, but for some newer, you know, marketers, maybe Adam, just give us a little sure. summary. So content locking, I don't think is real big anymore, but back around 2008, 2009, 2010, what marketers would do is they would offer a piece of free content, uh, hence the term content locking. So that could be like Vic was saying, an MP3 file or a mixtape or an ebook or a piece of software or fonts or basically anything that's downloadable or an information product. And you'd go to a website and you would want to download this mixtape and it would say, hey, if you want to download this mixtape, please take this quick survey. And um, a lot of these surveys were incentive offer surveys. And so you'd have to go through the survey and complete some sort of action. And then your reward for doing that would be the mixtape or the piece of content. And a lot of this was like IQ quizzes that resulted in SMS or uh, cell phone billing. It could be, uh, you know, fill out 
fill out an email submit uh, to get a free iPod and then like go through the path and you'd have to sign up for a bunch of offers to get your free iPod and then you could download the content. But basically you were offering the content as a hook to get people to uh, submit their information, to be contacted by marketers or to complete some sort of offer. And so this was like right in the middle of the incentive offer craze that happened around that time period. And that led into more co-reg offers. And a few years later, we saw the birth of pretty big co-reg companies um, that started offering these types of surveys. Back in the day, they were ValueClick, which is no longer around. And I'm sure Harrison can mention 25 more of these companies. But a lot of marketers such as myself cut our teeth running co-reg offers, uh, lead generation, uh, one field offers, and uh, content locking offers, and so um, I know it's a bit of a history lesson, but a lot of the same, a lot of the same. Well, the, the modern day, the modern yeah. day version, it still kind of exists. Adam is offer walls on uh, iPhone apps, like for games and stuff. So there's not like co-reg offers where it's like click here if you're interested in that, etc. It's still around a little bit, but much less. But like if you play games on your phone, it's like do you want to buy tokens or like download this app. And you'll get some points. So it's still kind of there, but it's not what it used to be for sure. Shout out to Chris oh. at Aptitude Media. That's all he does. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> at one point in time, the you know there was there was a handful of companies that were like intriguingly like just behind the scenes running, kind of puppeteering the industry at that time, right? And and, and I just kind of worked my way up the totem pole. No, no, no homo. Um, in terms of uh, getting. Uh, in terms of getting um, leverage, right? Because here I, get, here I am, this guy that's in this music business at the time when nobody's paying for download, like they're not paying for anything. iTunes is the only player. So I'm thinking like, yo, if I build out this portal, build out this website, this app, I could be the front of the industry in terms of monetizing digital content, right? So that was my call to fame in terms of where I was at. So automatically I'm in LA with some, some proverbial partners and pitching the ideas, concepts, and you know, a couple of guys that I'm dealing with or talking to right now, uh, came, names came up. I'm not gonna say any names per se, but Harrison has an inclination and we, you know, automatically we locked in, right? So I'm thinking I finally got the, 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 uh, Vic, uh, you're you're allowed to say Ryan Eagle. It's cool. It's cool. Look, it's, what, okay, it's so not Voldemort. It's not Voldemort. It's all good. <laughs> At the all time, good. Um, the people that I was dealing with were letting me know who the major players were behind a lot of the networks, so to speak, arbitrage in theory. And of course, Ryan came up. Harrison came up. You know, uh, 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 um, and we, you know, me being incumbent or built on working with the entertainment industry, these guys have already laid laid it out on the marketing side at that time in that era, right? The incentive market er, marketing era that Adam pointed out, right? So, um, uh, intentionally, intentionally, I'm de I'm dealing with these middlemen. The content locking companies, the co-reg companies are all middlemen, right? I need to lock in to what they. So I'm working my way up from the the surveys to the co-reg path to the actual billing mechanism, um, and you know that's when it was like one and done. So I I put out a project with a major rapper. His name is uh, Gucci 
Uh, I'm gonna just leave it right there. I'm gonna leave it right there. Uh, uh, who on the mixtape scene? I'm not gonna. I'm a big fan. Big big Listen. fan. <laughs> so, Bro, I need uh, to we... start a list of names that are being dropped on this episode because it's getting. We're involved. not allowed to say names. Apparently, no names are allowed on this episode. Yeah. Listen, it wasn't just him. It was it was a bunch of people. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm flipping the whole idea of taking what's working digital marketing surveys. The shit that people don't want. Can I curse on here? Is that okay? Oh yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. We marked this it's on encouraged, YouTube. Encouraged, oh. encouraged. On okay. YouTube, it says not for children, and we click that every time. So we're That's, good here. Uh, so the shit that people do not want, and I'm going to the artists like, yo, you're putting out content, 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 you're content heavy, right? The 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 um the um uh, the brazers, I'm dealing with them, the company, uh Manwin and um in um, 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 Canada, right? So I'm, I'm reaching out to them, connecting with these people. I start going to the conferences. I have, I have watched one of you guys' earlier uh, podcast and you guys, you know, are punted upon bringing up, uh, you know, the ability to go to, I'm a kid from the South side of Chicago, right? I have to grind for everything that I, you know, so my hustle takes me to these places where I'm networking in Spain and, and uh, Asia, uh, you know, all over the world, because I'm not going to, you know, if I have a train of thought and idea, I just get to it, man. I can't, you know, I'm on, you can't, you know, have to, right now you have Instagram, TikTok. I didn't have that. We had MySpace and Facebook, but not everybody was on that. So, you know, you have to go to their email. You have to manually type out the script, you know, articulate your ideas and your visions and, and then go, you know, knock on their door like, yo, you know, and that's how I would do it. And that's why, like I said, I was able to move so tremendously in my efforts because nobody else was doing it. Right. So that that gave me growth. But uh, everybody knows what's good in affiliate marketing does not always last. So, you know, the industry came tumbling down, courage companies crashing, uh, 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 email submit advertisers, huge lead gen companies just. I mean, got X'd out. What happened was the business of it went international, right? That's that's what really happened. And and I told myself, let me try to figure out what's going on. Let me get this. Let me figure out the framework, structure of the business, so forth and so forth. So you know that error really taught me that you know the the value you know the value of this business, the long term. So my insight, my my assessment of where the business going came from that. And that was like 2013, 2014, right? So automatically, you know, like I said, just to see Harrison here, I feel like he's the last of a dying breed. Um, um, you guys and your recollect in terms of your history in this business, who, where did this all start? This came from out of nothing, right? So that, that passion of wanting to monetize digital content allowed me to be a digital marketer. And then I, you know, I went from that straight up into, you know, what is currently affiliate marketing, right? So, you know, I I, I, I did uh, preserve some topics, but if you want to, Josh, go to the next thing, we can. That's my history, man. Well, hold on. History. I want to ask a question. If Harrison's the last of a dying breed, what am I? I don't know. <laughs> you got <laughs> fucked on that one, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Let me keep that one back. Adam, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm, your history really comes, for me at least, really comes into 2018, 2019, right? Because the whole time I have this history and I'm, you know, I'm studying marketing, blah, 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 I actually go back to Chicago and I get with my first cousin, like my mother, mother's brother, this is one of his sons. And that actually happened to be Ron 
right? So Ron was yeah. dabbling in, in marketing and I had no idea. I'm like, yo, fam, do you understand what you're doing? Like you have no context of the industry that I'm a part of that you can, you know, that is attached to that, you know, that, what, what was it like? Like the e-com era, the, you know, the, 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 the pop, I mean, the, the earphone, the beat, the drays, the whole, the whole shebang or whatever. He just happened to be testing a new vertical at that time called paper call, right? And that is when I was like, you know, what are you using? And, and even then some of your competitors were like, you know, the, the preferred solution, so to speak. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to mention them on here as well. Well, but. we'll nah. leave it, but uh, <laughs> I love how you said were. The key, key word there was were, the preferred I mean, solution. I mean, I mean, I mean so you, you, again, being in this business, branding, I live by your network is your net worth. I live by that, sure. right? So so the, the, the power of your network now that I see the association, like I said, with Harrison, um, I had no idea. I just found out literally at Affiliate Summit that he was, you know, behind Rainbow along with you. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. Like crazy. Well, Vic, Vic, I'm going to send you a photo. I have photo evidence of Harrison and I doing things on the internet in 2009. I have oh. pictures. I'm going to send yes. them to you. Yes. I know. Around, I think I know. <laughs> so, There's so, some good so, ones. So well, give, let's, give let's transition. Let's transition here because you brought up paper call, uh, yeah. and Ron is uh, a friend of mine, great customer, very smart individual in the space. Have a, a lot of respect uh, for his creative talent, and I think that's something that the affiliate marketing industry has some of the best talent in the world um, yeah. on is is just creativity, right? Like it never yeah. ceases to amaze me how creative affiliates are. And one of the coolest things about the industry, and I was just telling a friend of mine this the other day, is if you're a creative, hardworking individual and you have that work ethic and creativity, you don't need anything else. You literally can start with zero and become a millionaire in our industry. And it's one of the last places that exists where kids in their parents' basement can take an internet connection and just start crushing it. And Frankly, a few of us on this call may have started in our parents' basement with no money crushing it on the internet, uh, this guy. And so um, that's still possible today. And it's something I love about the industry. Um, but one of the evolutions that I have seen and obviously invested heavily in is paper call. And I'd like to talk about that. And it, maybe, Vic, you can tell us your opinion on why you think paper call is an incredible opportunity as opposed to some of these affiliate marketing offers that, you know, die off in six weeks uh, and you got to start all over again. So as I said, network is your network, right? So, and, and, and I'm glad we jumped to this uh, and I'll bring up my, my history with Ron and connection uh, parallel to what you just said, right? So again, paper call and it's Paper call is still, to me, understanding the business is, is incredibly in its infancy. So the potential is, is I mean, yeah, right? It's it's there, right? So if you, logistically, if you, you know, you got to be dialed in, right? So because you're setting up coding, you're designing websites, you're connecting this platform with that platform, the communication, the latency, the the even the preferred client, right? So the, the people that are actually buying the calls on the back end, if they don't got their crap together, how do you scale, right? And in affiliate marketing, we're all about scale, right? It's, it's just, 
to me, affiliate marketing is new age dis uh, distribution, digital distri digital distribution 2.0, 3.0, right? So when you put a call on your back end or as your conversion point, right? If you're not- Wait, and let, I'm, me, I, let me just clarify that. Do you mean we're moving clicks instead of moving bricks? Let's go. I'm with that. I'm definitely with that. No, honestly, right. if you're, if, you know, I get the allure of, hey, I can get paid 60, 70, $80 for a two minute phone call, right? But, you know, that call center, if that sales team isn't, and you want to scale to a thousand, two thousand calls a day, like there are literally guys that just think they can make a million dollars. Like I said, the potential is there, but the skill set required to scale an operation or pay per call business is, you know, you, like I said, your network is your net worth. You have to have the right buyers, the right partners, the right technology. Ringba, of course, is, is, is established enough to build anybody's paper call business. But, you know, how do you find out about Ringba? How do you, you know, how do you go in and, and scale that, right? Because I talk to affiliates all the time, paper call new guys that like, you know, they, they can beg, they can barely post a link on a website and run traffic to it, right? So paper call within itself, if you're not dialed in, if you're not focused or polished, disciplined enough to want to understand that business model, then I wouldn't suggest that be your entry point, right? You just, you know, it, the core of what we do, of course, Adam, is media buying, right? I think with what you do, it's about position. So paper call is a positional thing to me. It's still in its infancy. If you got some some clout, if you got some some like I said, some distribution, some number, you doing numbers, yeah, it's it's moving clicks to bricks, man. That's you 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 right where you need to be. But the growth of it needs to be like you know, cause I I know plenty of guys that take their credit card and Google, Facebook, just just hammering it, trying to generate phone calls. But man, they're dying. Like ACA right now. I mean, if you're, you know, they ask them within 30 seconds, do they have this, that, and the third? And if they do, click, right? So each phone call is costing you $10, 20 $30 to generate, and you, you know, automatically, your business is gone, right? So paper call being in this infancy, to me, it's just lead generation. It's just, it's to me, it's, it's the baby, it's the baby of what's really coming. And that's lead generation for all small, mid to large size digital businesses. COVID didn't do anything except push everybody into the space now where they have, like, if you don't have, my wife just designed a website. She's an actress, nurse, went to college, the whole thing. She doesn't do digital marketing, but she got with Wix and started building her website. Hey, babe, I need you to send traffic to it. Help me, you know, it, it's for, it's, she, it's a Christian bookstore, right? So, like I said, everybody is trying to figure out digital marketing right now or need some form of digital representation. You tell them to do paper call, they're going to look at you like you, you know what I'm saying? So to me, it's generating leads, right? So that's the business model in itself. I feel like Harrison and I both know structurally lead generation has always been. Let me just jump in, Vic. I'd say two things. Number number one, a little analogy, you know, you say it's, it's in its infant stages. And I think Adam and I have had some in-depth conversations about this where it's true. The paper call kind of world has so much growth and potential to it. But like when we started Ringba, like the conversation was like calls, who the hell? No one uses the phone. And we would look at them like, trust me, people use the phone for high yes. value or high important purchases, maybe an insurance or 
credit repair or financial service type stuff, they use the phone. They, they trust it more than just filling out a site. But yeah. your, your analogy to lead generation intrigues me because one of the things that I've always said is that you know, an inbound call is simply an engaged lead. It's a warm lead. It's a, cust it's a lead that took the initiative to pick up the phone and call. And so it's essentially just a better lead. But yeah. it's not wrong to say that if you're, if you're you know, buying traffic to generate calls, you're still a lead generator. You're just generating mm -hmm. really hot fucking leads versus yeah. some, some stale bullshit. Um, you know something, my my tangent, I mean, my, my I don't even know if that's the right expression of word, but um, what I get fussy, right? My my thing is, right, me, you and I, Adam, Josh, you guys, I know you guys understand the bigger picture. We're bigger picture thinkers, right? So you take a guy that does not know anything about digital marketing with the idea that he can promote health insurance, right? Health insurance, a, a, a government-backed, like, billion-dollar industry, right? At a subset vertical, paper cost. I think right? it's trillion, trillion. Okay, sir. okay, okay. <laughs> no pun intended, right? And these guys, like I said, they come into the thing, they get on Facebook, they start setting up random ads, throwing traffic to it, whatever, whatever. And the idea of the evergreen vertical, the evergreen business model, traffic source, everything is being sacrificed. Like it's being sacrificed because now what's happening is. CMS and all of these huge regulators are like, you know, they're getting 10,000 complaints a day about this, that, and the third of uh, 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 some guys just trying to make a quick buck. But like I said, if we don't, this brings me into my other topic where I just feel like we're killing our industry, right? We're killing the potential of affiliate marketing, paper call, lead generation, because we have a bunch of random guys that aren't, I, I, I gave you guys a link to a free guide, by the way, that if you can, please post to get people some formal structure of understanding how to make thousands a day promoting insurance online. Because if that's what you want to scale, because it makes sense from, from lead generation, phone calls, opt-ins, uh, a, a vertical that will stay paying, and then your traffic sources, an abundant of traffic sources, then do it right, right? Just take the initiative to, you know, find out how to get with that affiliate network, get with that offer, get that buyer, and, you know, put the whole thing together. Don't just come in and try to throw up some ads because, again, you're not going to make any real obvious money because you think another guy brought a, a nice car or a house with something. Those guys are, you know, they're plugged in. That's That, to me, that's the paper call. You know, well, I'm not I trying to... No, 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 no. I think I agree with you. I think that the difference between paper call and, you know, some of these offers or affiliate offers where you can make quick money is you really have to think about what you're doing with paper call. It's not that you're just going to take a link and drive some traffic to it and get get some commissions. You really have to think about, you know, your back end, how many call centers you're going to work with, how to route your phone calls. You ab I mean, this is self-serving, but you absolutely have to have technology if you're going to be involved in the paper call industry at any sort of scale. Um, and it takes more work. But on the other side of that, instead of every six to eight weeks where you're having to come up with a new angle or a new offer or a new industry entirely because your advertiser lost his merchant account or something, um, paper call is an amazing space because it has the longevity. Like Terminex is not going anywhere. Like people are going to need their windows repaired. Everyone needs auto insurance by law, right? Yeah. So like these things aren't going anywhere. And if affiliates would take that creativity and, uh, you know, commit to actually building a real business, 
you can make a significant amount of money, if not more than most crappy affiliate offers in paper call, but it's not gonna be like 15 minutes on a weekend. You're gonna have to put in the time uh, and invest in, in building a real business. And so, you know, Vic, my, my mission since we founded Ringba is to, you know, provide opportunities and teach people how to get into paper call because I think that affiliates and people in the affiliate industry can really build sustainable businesses and a future for themselves and provide jobs to people and opportunities and make a lot of money and do it the right way in an industry that will last. And like, you can't build a foundational business on top of a Cyberry rebuilds. Like that shit is not uh, a real opportunity. Sure, you can make some money, but it's gonna be gone. You, 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 right? you, you can you can burn a business to the ground doing it. Trust me. I've done it. I've done it. I've done it. <laughs> exactly. And so that's why paper call is an amazing opportunity because it's sustainable. It has longevity, and if you do it right, and you think about compliance, and you think about providing quality to your partners, you can make an, an immense amount of money. Uh, in paper call. I mean, look, Ringba's already helped people make uh, more than a billion dollars in 2023 already. And so like, there's plenty of meat on that bone, baby. Come on. So let's, let's, let me, let me come from, let, let me reiterate who I am again. I am uh, uh, the chief operating officer of Mobile Pushers, the mobile performance uh, uh, advertising agency slash network. I manage the network portion. Ron manages the agency, the call. So, you know, understand I am, fully invested in the paper call, the future, the outlook, right? I, I'm, I'm gonna, the reason, another reason why I'm reiterating that is because I'm giving you, I'm gonna tell you the future of what paper call is, right? What's happening is the affiliates themselves, I'm not saying any names, right? With the training and with the, you know, the the, the, the advertising, the banner, you know, come to paper call or whatever is, is basically creating the yellow brick road for the, you know, there was a time, let me give an example, Medicare, Huge vertical for us last year, bada boom, bada bang, right? Using lead magnets, bada boom, bada bang. Uh, uh, over the counter, groceries, blah, 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 blah. It all makes sense because seniors like reach, they do, right? Um, no pun, it, no, no actual insurance company really had policies. I'm also a licensed health insurance agent. So, no, no actual, you know, uh, 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 insurance company was allowing you to market that type of stuff, right? Fast forward a year later, United Healthcare, $400 billion company, literally advertises free groceries over the counter, right? On Facebook with landing pages, accepting calls, right? So what's happening is the larger companies are going direct to the publisher, right? The publishers that you guys advertise on Facebook, Google, TikTok, whatever, right? They're ripping your ads and they're putting entire media buying departments. I'm talking about entire like in the boardroom, they're going over this affiliates marketing plan. You know, the same thing that us as affiliates use to, to scale a campaign, these guys are putting corporate money behind it. And essentially they're not gonna need uh, uh, some third party marketing organization to, 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 to take a risk or defer customers because the branding orientation is not connected, right? They're going to completely eradicate that, and that's what I feel like is happening because guys, again, in essence, don't understand the idea of what lead generation could be, right? So, 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 so me and a few of my partners are trying to create and form alliances, right, with companies that we utilize, like Rainbow, 
uh, like a few affiliate networks, a few uh, 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 vendors in the space, tracking vendors and so forth, right? Because this is technically, we're, we're the last of the Jedi, so to speak, right? And this is the empire uh, uh, stepping in. When you have these large credit repair companies, insurance companies, the, the mass torts, I mean, like torts heavy, right? Nobody was taking, you can be compensated from, you know, those 30 minute commercials or whatever weren't really being advertised where, you know, you call this and you can make some money, blah, 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 you can be compensated. All of that, there's no, what I'm saying is we're creating the case study for them, right? There's no, there's no blueprint on how these companies can take what they're doing on TV and come into digital marketing. I mean, marketing, where their users now, the, the grandparents, the, the, the people that are on Facebook and then advertise and tell them to call a number. We are designing our demise in real time, right? Well, let me, um, let me jump in real know. quick, Vic. I think, I think that Adam and I could both, I don't have enough fingers, but I could list out so many times with that, before we did anything in the call world where we had ads, we had campaigns and the advertisers ganked our shit. And, tried to do it themselves. And I think there's two two arguments to that. Number one, it happens. The big companies do it. The small advertisers do it. It doesn't matter if we're talking about calls or dating or neutral, whatever. It happens. But as long as an affiliate keeps kind of like optimizing and, you know, like working on new ideas and, you know, do, continuing to work on their shit and doesn't coast, then they're still in a safe place. Now, I don't disagree with you that there's a lot of consolidation in the space, that there's a lot of, hey, oh, we saw their ads, why should we pay him X per call? We'll just do it ourselves. But, and Adam can attest this, sometimes people try to do it, they just don't do it as well. And and then they still need, you also need affiliates to have diversification amongst your distribution. Yeah, there's a, there's a risk profile that these public companies are gonna look at. and. It's one thing to do all your marketing internally, but they need to make sure that um, they're diversifying their advertising risk across multiple channels to acquire users. Because if for some reason their internal media buying starts to fail, they need to still fill those call centers. They're not going to fire all the agents. And so from an affiliate point of view, I mean, Harrison said it, we have seen this numerous times across a whole slew of different industries. It's happened to us a lot. I've gotten into plenty of fights with advertisers over them, literally. Like we have had back in the day, advertisers straight steal our landing pages and then run their own traffic at the same traffic sources to our landing pages, you know? And so, and by the way, if you're an affiliate, don't ever stand for that shit. Go fight with the advertiser. Get your money. Don't let them do it. Okay. But at the end of the at the end of the day, things do change. But the advertisers still keep the affiliate channel open. They still want to diversify their risk. And if you're talking about a really large public company and they're spending billions of dollars annually on user acquisition, those companies need to have an omni-channel approach. They need the affiliate channel, they need their internal channel, and they need their, you know, their TV, their direct mail, their digital, uh, their OTT, all their different channels. And their, their call center infrastructure is so incredibly large and their budgets are so incredibly large, they have to keep all these channels open because if one drops or they have an issue or their TV ads don't get delivered or there's a problem with something, they need to make sure that their call center agents aren't sitting idle because they're literally talking about millions of dollars an hour worth of um worth of sales and so 
as an old affiliate, I I respect your cynicism and I don't disagree with you, but I do I do want to give you some hope, some light at the end of that tunnel, baby, that these affiliate channels aren't going anywhere and that we only see volume growing. Well, like I said, it's taking new shape, right? Just the way, like I said, the pen submits, the, the surveys took new shape that became antivirus offers, pop unders, Adele, blah, blah, blah. Everything just taking new shape. Believe me, bro. I'm I'm right there with you. Like I'm I, that I want it done because that's like, you know what I'm saying? If that thing, there's gonna be something else at least. Um, but that goes into, like I said, I'm I'm giving you insight into the future, right? So like right now with the end of OEP, AEP. You know, that was the talk of the town for a lot uh, of everybody in the business, right? I remember, and I was telling uh, Ron that, you know, there at one point in time, there was literally nobody buying ads outside of Facebook, right? There's nobody, you know, now all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the affiliate networks are converting the paper call networks. They, you know, they're hiring, their teams are now focused on paper call. I don't think the industry's dying. I think it's just taking new shape and the, like, like, the companies we had talked about, DMS and um, um, partners of mine on both sides, Click Dealer. I know that the CEOs, I know a lot of them personally. I deal, do business with them every single day. I that to me is the is the uh, like I said, the last republic when it comes to like with uh, or the old republic coming back and joining. You know, creating an alliance that can create a fortified affiliate marketing like our stance. Right. That's why I really referenced that, because they one of the companies, uh, they're big in home services or whatever. Home services is going to be the future of paper call and uh, 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 health insurance if they don't kill it. And uh, mass torts, the, the class action lawsuits are going to be huge verticals um, on the premise to give what you're saying some gravity. They're going to keep paper call alive. Why? Because of video advertising being the next wave if it's not already the wave. And then in that fashion, video advertising isn't per se for just your general media buyer. Video advertising is going to sit with influencers. So that gives the influencer industry gravity, right? So the influencer becomes the new age affiliates. A lot of that money in terms of that omni-channel approach, uh, when it comes to affiliate marketing, it's already taken shape. Like you heard, you know, the CPMs, so forth and so forth. All of that's coming into, you know, CPA, the e-coms, the, the, all of that is going to jump into lead generation eventually where it's going to be tolerable, it's going to make sense, and it's going to have scale, right? So to me, uh, and you can quote me on this, guys, all right? Viral is the new platform, right? Uh, 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 keywords are the new social media networks. Right. Keywords are the new social media and viral virility is the new platform. Right. Not not none of the the uh, you know, what I'm saying all of these walled gardens. Right. These PMPs, these private marketplaces, these platforms like uh, 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 like if you just heard Samsung was talking about removing uh, Microsoft, uh, I mean, removing Google from its devices in exchange for Microsoft, right? So, I mean, big boy shit, like literally, right? It's 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 that emphasis on everybody, right? Knowing the 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 the, the value of first party data, right? I mean, in that it, it, it's a conference, right? The, the, at least the the publishers or the platforms that have scale, right? Not the not the 
like I said, the willing and dealing, taking a risk affiliate marketer. No, it's going to be the, the athletes, celebrities, the, you know, the makeup artists, because China's already doing it, right? Where the incumbent, you know, is, is they're buying up a lot of those influencers in China and just putting out video content and becoming these, uh, the new age Google, so to speak, but just on built off of content, right? So like I said, keywords, content is the new, you know, the new social networks and viral is the new platform. And that's where I feel like the industry is going and lead generation. Will yeah, and I just, I just want to say shout out to DMS and click dealer. Congrats on, uh, on that deal we got going there. Um, but I do want to touch on this as well, Vic. I haven't got a chance to jump in here. I'm like a student <laughs> listening to the masters. So, so, you know, Harrison talked about people making big purchases. They want to call a phone number and, and a topic we beat with a dead horse on this show is AI. We're not going to go into that, but I would bring up the, the idea that as technology advances, do you feel like it's possible people start trusting the internet to make their bigger purchases as technology is increasing? Do you think paper call will only move with that advancement in technology? You, do you see it as a threat in any way, shape or form or, or you don't think it's going to affect anything? And we'll go to, we'll go to, or to all the guys on this. Okay. Whoever, you want me to go first? We'll go to Vic. Go. Yeah, dude, you're the guest of honor. Lead us off. Let's go. Uh, AI is fake. Chat GPT is, is BS. Um, fake intelligence, artificial intelligence. There's no directive, right? Elon Musk backs the company. It's all being, it's the new Bitcoin. It's the new, you know what I'm saying? We're still about 20 or 30 years out from anything intellectually like commercial usage, right? There's the, the idea of what these platforms are doing. They're using AI to basically throw the, 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 the throw the dog, the, the stick type vibe, right? It's all, it's all, like I said, there's no us. Come on guys, think about this, honestly. Like think about what you were doing as a kid and what you're doing now, right? The growth of, of blockchain, like Bitcoin is, is completely, you know what I'm saying? Blockchain is the, basically Bitcoin is the weed and blockchain is the blunt. Right. It's the same thing with artificial intelligence. Chat GPT is about to get smoked up by the competitors, by regulations. You know, uh, right now, people are using Drake and masking his voice uh, with the weekend. The, the Universal Music Group, which just happens to be partners, former partners of mine, they're going to, you know, incumbent. The network is your network. So they operate at the network level. So automatically they're going to shut down any distribution platform publisher that well, is allowed. Well, Harrison, Harrison has a lot of thoughts on ChatGPT and a huge fan of the weekend. Harrison, do you, do you think this is going to affect <laughs> ring buy or paper call in any way? You know, I think consumers have definitely began to trust the internet to con to go higher value and complete stuff online. But I think in general, the, the chat GPT stuff, there, there will be a time when it's, when it's better than us at a lot of stuff. And so, you know, it will be a place, there's going to be like actual AI type solutions that help make these decisions. But I think right now, like we've all played with chat GPT and open AI, whatever. There's a lot, it's like cool, but it, it, it leaves a lot to be desired, you know? So for me, I don't think it's going to affect like the call space. I think where I do see an opportunity is in a few years, it might affect who's answering those calls and you might think you're talking to a human and you might not be but people like senior citizens are still you know and some some senior citizens do complete their entire you know medicare policy application and form a submission whatever online but some people might be making a phone call and think they're talking to janet but it 
Janet's not real. And that's kind of why I think I think there's going to be regulation for disclosure of of talking to an actual bot on the phone. I think it's going to get so human like that. It, it will be almost like, you know, when you, you call and they're like, hi, this call may be recorded for quality assurance. It's going to be like, hi, this call is you actually talking to artificial intelligence. And I think there's going to have to be some sort of disclosure there because I think like vinyl records, Josh, people are going to want the tangibility and the emotional connection of actually talking to a human. And that experience we've seen even in the past when talking to really crappy IVRs or uh, sometimes you call customer service, you get connected overseas and all you really want is to speak to an American. I think the same kind of thing is going to happen, that people are going to want to talk to a human and that AI is going to have to be disclosed. And when it's disclosed to you, you're kind of going to have this feeling at least for a generation right until we either it kills us or we get used to it people are going to be like oh hey i'm great i'm talking to ai all right fine you know or they're just going to yell at the phone like representative or human or they might not want to deal with the bot at all because there's something to be said for human connection and just having a normal conversation with people. And if it's something that's really important to you, like a mortgage or uh, auto insurance or um, you know, getting picked up on the side of the road because your tire is flat, you're going to want to talk to a human. And so I, I, even I, now, there's services that are trying to use these automated things and they're not AI, but you know, the, the IVR where it's like you talk to the human and they talk back to you. I yeah. was recently working on like a, a lease application and they outsourced it to a company and I had to call because I couldn't upload a document that they wanted. And they said human customer service and it was like fake human. And I literally yelled like, get me a fucking human. And they still wouldn't give me a human, but that wasn't even like AI. It's just this automated shit and people don't want it. So I, I think you're right. Even when it becomes more intelligent, people want to be able to interact with a human being and so until it's good enough to make you think you're talking to a human i think regulation or not it's i don't see it being as big of a problem as as some people you you and i we've both been in the space for pretty much long time right you know about mobile technology and what it takes to support the billions of dollars that are invested into getting all of this right you guys are talking about conversational things the the latency isn't there the the the, the way Chat GPT sources that information in real time. I don't. I don't feel like no one company is going to bet their entire business with some type of artificial intelligence being some bias being that's not being caused by a company that is not ran internally. I just. I don't think unless they make the investment themselves, and then you have the third world countries where the satellite feed isn't there. These guys barely have phones to connect to YouTube. So, like I said, artificial intelligence. Right now, maybe we're about 30, 50 years out from any real groundbreaking, you know, maybe health industry, but in terms of affiliate marketing, unless, you know, you know, 30 years, 30 years might be a stretch, Vic. It's going to come sooner than that, but you're not wrong. It comes quick. A lot of these voice systems that claim to be AI are not algorithmic AI systems that are trained on machine learning data. They're simply... Uh, transcription of voice with keyword spotting or if then else statements if grandma says you know yes then play this mp3 file of the next voice like it's not some sort of artificial intelligence that's having a real conversation i think chat gpt is obviously more advanced than that but we're talking about the like 
quote unquote AI call transfer systems. It's not that at all. It's it's literally keyword spotting and transcription text, and it's nowhere near where it needs to be um, to actually eat the industry. If it were that good, uh, people would just be using it for everything. But really, the most performant uh, call warm transfer. Uh, programs out there right now are still humans in America that are doing the warm transfers. And until yeah. the technology gets way better, it's not going to even displace the foreigners before it gets to the Americans. So we we do have a ways to go yet. I think 30 years is a stretch, but uh, you know we'll see major progress in the next two to five years. Um, and then we'll probably have to recalibrate uh, on how a lot of these interactions go. But I think at the end, once a caller is qualified, it's still going to end its way up to a human to mm -hmm. do the final closing, answer the questions, do the final sale. Because I think it's going to be a trust issue. And if the AI gets an answer wrong and you know the answer is wrong and you want the right answer, you have to get to a human to correct that. And we're a really long way away um, from from that. I mean, even chat GPT spits out inaccurate information all the time um, oh, and it will get better, but um, I want to go know, back to the, replace the, humans right away. I want to go back to the future of paper call here, Adam, from a big bird's eye view, what's your opinion on the future of paper call? Like, where can it go? Cause I feel like it's already so developed. Like what are your out of the box thoughts in terms of where the industry can go parts of the world that it's not already in, um, again, sure. in general, just the future of the space. Well, right now, obviously, it's the most mature in the United States. And there are paper call campaigns that are running in other countries, but they're really, really fragmented. They're, you know, onesie, twosie type campaigns. Um, it will That will change. And it will change in order of like first, second, third world. So you'll see more paper call campaigns in the UK and Europe and Australia. Um, and it, it will continue to spread this way because it's simply just a, a, a billing model um, that works really well. And just like any other affiliate campaign, it'll go international um, and it'll it'll expand into to other countries. We're not seeing huge proliferations in other countries, but Ringba does offer phone numbers in something like 65 or 75 countries, maybe even more than that. Um, but we don't see a huge amount of call volume there because there's no real standardization yet but it, it will come. And in the United States, we're seeing an immense amount of growth in all verticals. And as these things get standardized and more people uh, enter the space on both the supply and the demand side and technology gets better, you're gonna see this continue to grow in a really, really big way. We, uh, Vic is right. We are at the infancy of this thing. Um, and it, there, is tens of, there are tens of billions of dollars a year and opportunity in the space. It's it's a massive channel. Um, and and one other thing that we're seeing is is you know the real proliferation of of real time bidding in the space. And so a few years ago we put out our ring trees and our real time bidding technology, and we are seeing exponential growth in the adoption of that type of technology, and just a a real fundamental shift in how the industry is addressing the buying and selling of phone calls using technology. And so we continue to invest a huge amount of money, um, like millions and millions of dollars into the development of that type of technology. And uh, I think we are at the very beginning of how phone calls 
are, yeah, very beginning of how phone calls are bought and sold using programmatic technology. You know, we're like 15 years behind display and uh, things like AppNexus and the Index Exchange and um, how banners are traded on the internet, but phone calls are headed in the same direction. And it's just a matter of pushing the technology forward so that people can do it. And so, um, you know, I, I realize again, biased opinion here, because uh, I am the CEO of Ringba, but I think we are at still at the beginning of the adoption curve. And as technology continues to improve, you're gonna see just a huge shift in the market and just an immense amount of opportunity that's available um, to everyone that gets involved. And also with the FCC changes, uh, that are that you know are still proposed. They're pushed a year out. I think lead generation and outbound dialing is is you know it's going to continue to be around, but I think it's a futile investment and a fight not worth having. It you have to get someone on the phone anyways, and so if you can get someone to pick up the phone and call you, who's ready to buy, that's always going to be better than outbound. No one likes making outbound phone calls. No one likes answering cold calls. Like there's nothing fun about any of that. The consumers hate it. The agents hate it. The government hates it. Like everyone fucking hates it. And so the solution to that is to simply shift your marketing methods to get consumers to pick up the phone and do consumer initiated inbound calls. It solves all the problems. It removes all the risk. It makes the quality better. The agents are order takers instead of salespeople that hate their jobs. Um, and so I really see inbound phone calls as the future of uh, marketing that involves getting on the phone. And I think we're gonna fundamentally see most of the outbound dialing and most of the outbound dialing methods get really regulated. Uh, and the carriers keep making it harder and harder to do outbound. Um, and those trends aren't going to change. And so. If you want to get in early, Josh, now's the time to really start thinking about how to generate an inbound call um, and really start to understand the industry. And you can catch the tidal wave uh, way out into the ocean before it makes landfall still. Josh, let me let me, let me just intercept real quick. Just offer a comment to what he's saying. Um, on the marketing side of things, again, in, in real time right now, this very moment, I think it's going to merge. Paper call is going to merge into CPL. Right. So cost per lead. And then it may more or less become a single opt in or a double opt in. So not only did the lead just sign up, but when they call, it was a double opt in. Right. So I feel like there's some level of, of lead generation from back in the day that's just representing itself and it's going to take off this year, early next year. It just needs the verticals that have scalability, which just happens to be AP, OEP, these you know, health insurance and a few other, like you were talking about, Terminex is not going nowhere, but they take a lead instantly, right? So um, the lead with the data, right? The phone call with the data, right? I feel like that's that's a whole incumbent thing and the technologies that it takes to merge that right now uh, uh, are being situated. And I think Adam and Harrison both know what I'm talking about and who I'm talking about, but I'm not gonna name them. Well, we know we know how you roll. Like, we don't name names when we have you on the show. But I think I speak. I think I speak for uh, Adam and Harrison when I say thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Fantastic guests. Would love to have you back for 
Myself, Josh from OfferVault.com, Adam, the CEO of Ringba, Harrison, the industry legend, and Vic, Johnny Bling Vallo, the new money CEO and COO of Mobile Pushers. I think I got all that. Let's make that paper. Let's make that dough. This was the Affiliate Marketing Show. We will see you next time.